Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Wrong Theater on the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Steve O'Malley, joined alongside by Billy Bruno and Aiden LaCorey, back again for our weekly show. And, you know, we come back to you uh, in a back-to-back week with a movie review. Content's being released, and, you know, we had the opportunity to actually sit down and watch a movie together for the first time since uh, Tenet came out earlier this fall. And we watched uh, Borat 2, a subsequently titled Borat Subsequent Movie Film, um, the sequel to Sasha Baron Cohen's original, uh, you know, black comedy, dark humor, uh, mockumentary style film he released in the early 2000s that kind of made him synonymous with the character. And, you know, you've seen Borat. If you've seen Borat, it's very similar. Borat 2 is very similar in what the the style uh, of the movie is. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to break it down um, with, with a few questions we have uh, to discuss, but I mean, I'll just, I'll just start with it. It was funny, man. I mean, it was much needed humor that made fun of 2020. And ironically, this is impressive how they made this film. Uh, basically at, at the beginning of this this pandemic we have in America. I was a little disappointed, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I thought it was funny, though. I, I, I did. I, it was much needed humor. The beginning was funny. Yeah. And then it went into a little bit of a lull. I thought it was going to be more political than it was. Um, like I thought there was going to be more stuff involving Pence and involving the White House than what it was based on what they were kind of marketing as. And I didn't think that the Giuliani scene was that funny. I mean, I they got him. Like they I got don't him. even think it was that incriminating as people were trying to make it seem. But, like, he definitely got fooled with the interview, for sure. But with the way some of these com- comedians were, like, tweeting about the movie since they had seen it beforehand and saying how great it was, like, I didn't see that. Like, uh, yeah, it was mildly it was mildly humorous, but on, like the first one was way better, and I thought this one could have possibly topped the first one just with the whole situation with everything going on. And I, I, was, I thought it was going to be better. I was better. a little let down. I thought it was going to be off, better. Than... I think Billy mentioned it. It got off to a really hot start, like the first what, I don't know thirty forty minutes when they were kind of going around the country, kind of like the first one. And they were interacting with various different store owners and um, at the ball like and all that. That was great. And really the part kind of turned was once the Borat's daughter like left to go onto her own. And there were some moments with when he was um, staying with the conspiracy theorists of store. There were still some moments, but once it kind of tried to do this plot-based narrative almost of him getting his daughter back and deeming it, they're, they're just, they're, the humor kind of wore off. I didn't think there was that many, as Billy mentioned, humorous moments in the back stretch of the film. And that, that was a pretty big lull up until like the last five minutes. So that big lull in the middle kind of hurt it for me. And the original was definitely better. And I think Billy mentioned it. I, I, from various... Um, bits and um, clips that were released on Twitter and on various different social media channels before, I thought there would be a more presence of people within the current presidential administration and various other politicians who got duped. And it wasn't as much as we I had hoped for. I think that would have made it even cooler. But realistically, it's probably not 
possible to do that, especially in 2020 in this day and age. Like it's very, I'm stunned that he was even able to get Rudy. It's crazy. I had described it to somebody else. Sorry, Billy, real quick. I had described it to somebody else uh, as like, this was less of a gotcha movie and more of a, he focused on sort of a storyline and I kind of tailed away. I mean, the parts were like, the plot was funny almost. I mean, the way they basically make fun of how, you know, some of the world still lives and played off of that the entire movie. Um, But you know, they, they focused, they went to focus, as you said, and they went to focus on a plot. And I was just like, all right, well, that's not really what the first one was about. The first one was about him running around America trying to get people. And this, this time around, it just was less of that, which is part of the reason why it wasn't as good as the first one. They got into the White House and like talked to Don Jr. in passing. They like released that in a commercial and they just never had that in the movie so i was looking at i thought more stuff like that would be in it i thought at least the 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 driving range scene would be in it i mean that was one of the funnier parts from the i guess not trailer but like the teaser almost where borat's learning how to hit golf balls yeah that was like, that was funny i, I don't that really was... know why they cut things that they cut because I, I agree with aiden i didn't think the, like, the whole plot kind of with the daughter was that funny at points yeah, it's not I mean, even that it was funny. It's just that it was it. It's not what Borat's normally about. It's yeah. normally about just getting I mean, it's away from what it could have been. Yeah, but I think it does raise it to question: Does what this country really need is a Borat gotcha movie? I don't think it does. As much as we would have liked it, I I don't think that was his idea when crafting this film, even before the pandemic. His goal was kind of to draw attention to what he felt as though or issues within our society and there was the gotcha moments at the start to kind of draw people in but that back half the thing was supposed to draw more attention i mean the whole message at the end was like a legitimate message like go go out and vote but i i was hoping for a gotcha movie but it makes clear sense why it wasn't yeah knocking knocking for that it's just it wasn't personally enjoyable for me i mean i get that but i also think that we kind of need a feel good gotcha movie now just because everything seems to have a negative twist to it and that would have just been so funny to expose how stupid the people in power are in this country which also would have had a meaning to it because like they did it with Giuliani they got a fake interview and was all the way through the fake interview like that and they could have done that with so many more people I feel like and just something like that would have had a profound message to me and but it would just it would have been more humorous as well which i think people need it's kind of depressing though i think i'm trying not to say it's too political but i really don't care is that when we were saying that gotcha like trying to expose them What's so depressing, I'm sure Sasha Baron Cohen is saying, just go watch any of their interviews and they do it themselves in like real life. There's no yeah, need for a Borat. All the time. There's no need for a Borat to go in there and try and get them to say stupid stuff. It's just a, it's a nonstop cycle of stupid stuff. Um, it, I, I didn't give it, my grade was a 66. Like I didn't like hate it. It wasn't like, I was definitely a little bit disappointed, but there was definitely, it had its moments. And it, it, I think it was worth the watch, especially on Prime um streaming for just like the subscription like it it didn't really cost like it wasn't a movie ticket i didn't make a drive so but it just 
it, my final, my like main thing was just the first one's definitely better, and that's it's like way better. Yeah, but this one was, was what it was. I gave it a sixty-eight. Like, it was a good watch. It wasn't a bad movie. I was just a little disappointed because I was I was expecting more. I feel like with my ratings, like I rate movies based on how what I'm like expecting and feeling. Because a lot of times, either you're excited and like, all right, I'm content with that. Like I didn't think it was gonna be great, but like with Hubie Halloween, I was expecting absolutely nothing, and I was entertained for 90 minutes. I'm like, all right, it it did its job. But like something like I don't what comes to mind is uh, Star Wars. Rise of Skywalker. Like I expected it to be way better, and I was disappointed. So that's why I, I gave it a much lower rating. I mean, I I gave it uh, a sixty-nine. Wow, wow, we were nice purposefully um, because that's what the film deserved. It deserved a score just below the seventies, and I agree with Aiden. It really had to do with uh, just the fact that it was free and it was the lack of a trip, and there was funny parts, and it was kind of. You know, almost it almost became enlightening, which was part of the problem. Yeah. When it was like, oh, that, but that that that's not the point of the movie, for it to be enlightening. Borat, you're not supposed to have revelations, and it definitely could have been way better. But I think it became clear that it was like, oh, this is why he's doing it. Yeah. This is why he's making it. Steve, as you mentioned, there were those funny parts. I just want to ask you, what was your favorite scene or part from the movie? I mean, as I mean, we're describing Borat, so it's going to be uh, awful humor. But when his daughter walks into the fax office and asks why the sky is so low, <laughs> and he explains that they're indoors and that it's a ceiling, yeah. and that part made me laugh the hardest. I did like um, him running around the RNC with the, the daughter on the back in the Trump costume. I thought that was really walking fun. in with the Klan costume was hilarious. Yeah. That was hysterical. Um, he did it to blend in. Yeah. My personal favorite part. It was like one of those, it was my favorite part, but because it was so uncomfortable, was the the ball, the debutante ball that they went to. And, and they, that was just pitiful. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was just the pitiful. cringe was just so, and it, gave, it, it elicited the perfect reaction. It gave, it, it, the reaction that they were going for with that, it hit it on all cylinders. So that, that, that was just pitiful. That scene well executed. Was just, yeah. Um, my favorite part was when he was at that uh, concert there, like just doing his. He song sang his song, yeah. And it was so yeah, that scene was depressing. How many people ring. sang along with it was terribly depressing to me. They were smiling and singing. That was like that's more than what we needed because we needed them to like expose that sort of thing. Like you saw that in the first Borat movie at the rodeo. Yeah. When he's like, George Bush is gonna drink the blood of all the Muslims, and then people just start cheering and going yeah. crazy like that stuff happens today it's it's really unbelievable how people think that way too and like i wish something would happen to them like if they could just be exposed into being shamed not to think that way yeah i mean the like, doctor and, and the bakery lady are definitely their businesses are definitely closed for what are for they their, for where the, they're like, from, like, I mean, yeah, I guess not, but they like, probably don't care. Yeah, it's just suspect. Do you guys have any parts other than what we kind of talked about storyline wise? There were any parts that you're just like, I wish that didn't happen, whether it be because you were kind of the plot. I just wish the there was no never. plot. I had a very specific scene that I, I really hated and I wish it was included when Borat, I know he's in character, when he was 
one of the gotcha ones was when he was talking with the Holocaust survivor. I just felt that was so yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, I, so I didn't like that either. So kind. And he better have treated her wonderfully after it was all said and done. Or it was well, she it, ended up passing away. Yeah, it was a touching scene yeah. though because like she it shows the kindness in people. But I feel as though that's not someone I want Borat to be interacting with. That lady yeah. was so kind, so nice, and he was he was gotching her for no reason. I did think it was kind of funny how like he kept saying that Kazakhstan's like most glorious moment ever was the Holocaust, and like he was acting super upset when someone told him that it didn't happen. No, I, I, it's those I are the jokes bore at where you're either in or you're out, and yeah, you know where he's coming from. That Sasha Baron Cohen really doesn't mean, but it's just the character and. It's not hilarious in like real life. No one's saying that, but within the scope of the character, that recurring joke, it it, it does hit. It does hit. Well, I don't. Well, someone said it didn't happen in the, in the movie. Yeah, that was a real person. There's yeah. people oh. saying that kind of crazy things. The cons- but I found it very funny with the character. I know what you're saying with Borat's character. I just found that exchange very humorous. I think. We've talked about it much, but when he was staying with the, like the people, I don't really know, like the QAnon conspiracy theorists, that's very concerning to me. Those, those are, are real people who really who think really that are way. Tell them that like, the, that the Democrats are more and, like, deadly than the virus. Yeah. And, or yeah. that the, what they would do to a Democrat is against the law. Yeah, like what, like, yeah. That is... One of his tweets was very, very funny to me. Um, I, he retweeted something saying, I was like, oh, this movie's hilarious. And he's like, not true. They're trying to ruin my reputation. Just like Fox News is trying to ruin Premier Trump's reputation by saying he not racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's his Twitter account is a must follow because yeah. him in character. But I just wanted to say my also this last thoughts in general is Sasha Baron Cohen had himself here because regardless of like the plot of the movie, which kind of says he nailed his role perfectly per usual. And so combine that with trial Chicago seven, quite, quite the revival in the 2020 for Sasha Baron Cohen. Very impressive. He's going to win best supporting actor. Yeah. Yeah, He's the favorite in the Joe bomb awards. As of now, I mean, he's he's got my vote unless I don't even know what's coming out can top that. There's nothing coming out. No, at all. I mean that that's not true. David Fincher has one. Yeah, Mank. That Coppola has one. Yeah, rocks, but that's been out, I believe. And then there was one or two more that I remember. There's that. There's that Kevin Costner Diane Lane movie. There's Jungle Land. That looked bad. That Costner movie looked bad. It I'm just looked like terrible. Jungle Land. I don't really want to see that. Land trailer. Jungle Land looks amazing. Oh, and Ma Rainey. That, I mean, that yeah. And they're trying to yeah. push that for Oscar, so. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty. It's. We'll talk about it down the line, but like last. I year, mean, we, we you know we we, we can't we, Oscars, but the Joe bombs, but like this year, like I'm probably gonna legitimately watch like more than eighty percent of like the legitimate twenty twenty films. I mean, we can't deny that that uh um the mandalorians come down on friday Ooh. Fire everybody that out. is true but that has nothing to do with the joe bombs that's why when i said there's nothing coming out i disagreed with myself because i was like never mind and my show is coming back Wonder yeah when did we do we do a, a best we did, TV show category we did do tv yeah we did 
Wait. I don't know what it would be. I mean, it would be The Mandalorian or... Um... Oh, no, we didn't do a best TV show category. We didn't? Your mom's only for uh, movies. Uh, oh, I get confused. For me, I mean, The Mandalorian probably will be in the running, but Better Call Saul season five was so good. But that'll be tough to do. That did come out this year. Yeah, it came out starting in February, I believe. Interesting. Shall we move on to our official topic? Yeah. Oh, well, it's got to be Tiger King, too. Tiger King, is, but that's not scripted. That's that's documentary, though. Yeah. That's like real life. Um, moving on to our topic of the day, inspired by my guy, Shea Serrano. We're going with the best action kills of all time, and we're essentially doing this like with uh, – a talent show in a way we're giving them grades out of 10 no rookie scores and we're trying to figure out what's the best action kill only rules has to be from an action movie of sorts there's maybe one exception we've been booting people or booting scenes back and forth yeah but in the in, in what inspired this shea serrano had a specific rule because for him it was the action movie kills hall of fame in 19 and it had to be a solo kill, like, but we included killing sprees, and, and it, we had very specific, but ours is very simple, just action movie, and, and kills have to be involved somehow. Um, I don't know how you guys did your grades, um, but I had a very specific way I thought about it. I wasn't grading, like, the, the scene itself. I was grading, like, in the moment, how, like, the kill essentially went, so... I say we just jump right into it. Um, without further ado, first on the list, Kingsman the Secret Service, Harry Hart's famous The Church scene. Steve, let's start with you. What's your grade for Harry Hart and, and your reasoning why? Nine out of 10. A the rookie score I, off the bat. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. That scene, if we're talking about your parameters, that is just mass killing and beautiful cutting back and forth. That is one of the best. Do you understand what we mean by rookie score? What? I can't. Whole numbers. Um, okay. 9.1. I thought you were referring to the fact that you were going to compare these scenes against one another and that I ranked no, it too well, high. You, a rookie score is a round yeah, number. Okay. 9.1. The only reason it loses points is because it's too short and not enough people get killed by him. But if he killed everybody in that room, then that would have been a 10 out of 10 because the cutting is just ridiculous. I mean, I don't really know the ins and outs of filmmaking, but that could not have been an easy scene to shoot. No, And and it it just is so beautiful to watch. The transitions are fantastic. Yeah. Like from, you see other people who aren't involved in his fight and then it cuts to him and he uses different weapons and he uses people against other people. And the, the cutting is just, uh, I mean, that, that scene is filmed so well. It only loses points because it's too short. As well. I love it. I love, love the, the Leonard Skinner background. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Fantastic. we're not grading the scene. At least I personally wasn't. So, like, the music didn't take into account, although it elevated. That's when I think the greatest. It always helps. Oh, I took the scene into account for sure. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, so I, did I. There was no rationale between how you did this. So, like, if you want to include it, I tried to just focus solely on, like, all right, let me match up the specific kills. I gave it a 9.4. Um, the key here is he did so many different things within the. Yeah. The scene. It was. That's what I mean with the people in the head. Knife them. He flamethrowed them. He blew them up. He pulled them. I don't know. He did just so much. It was brilliant. Nine four 
My, per my favorite individual kill within it was when he stabbed the guy in the eye with a knife, turned around, shot another guy. As the guy was falling down, ripped the knife back out of the eye and stabbed the guy in the head. Just brilliant, 9-4, um, Harry Hart. Great movie, one of the greatest action movies ever. That scene was brilliant. I like how that scene begins with how he triggers the woman with the yeah. statement that he makes. And he starts walking out. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And then there's a little sprinkles of Denzel Valentine not being able to watch. That scene is perfect, but the killing especially is just top-notch. I agree with almost everything you guys said. I'm going to disagree with Steve on one point. I don't think it needs to be longer because I think if you have a scene where someone is just absolutely – you know, mowing down people over and over at some point, it can become kind of mundane. And you're like, all right, like, let's wrap it up. I think this is the perfect length for the scene. I gave this scene a 9.6 for many of the reasons that you guys articulated already with the camera work, with the music, uh, everything, and the variety of kills with the uh, variety of weapons. I would this love. This is the highest rated scene I have on the list, 9.6. I would love to see more Bible thumping clans members get killed. That would that would be cool. So I would like to see more there of are him a doing the job. That's on one of my list. highest. That's in my top three. There's a couple scenes that I have on here that I would have liked to see over a little bit earlier. And what comes to mind, we don't have it on our list, I do not believe. But when I went to go see John with three in theaters, it was very late at night and I was almost about to fall asleep just because the killing was so long and I was tired. I was like, all right, like, we, and I knew it was towards the end of the movie and I knew he, like, he was going to get out alive. Just kind of wanted it to, to end at some point. I got you. All right, next up, give me your guys' scores for Django Unchained, the famous shootout at Candyland. Uh, I'll start. I mean, that, that scene for me is – I mean, so that's when like the whole like action scene kicked in and not necessarily about the kill itself. Cause I liked the Christoph Waltz walking up to Leo and shooting him in the chest a lot more than this scene in terms of like the movie itself. But in terms of the actual killing itself, I give that, I gave it a 7.8 from, from Django because of, I, I, I get, I like lose the points for the gore. I know it's Tarantino, but I didn't really appreciate him using body shields um, of other people and and then the guts the, the excessive guts maybe once or twice but that was kind of the objective for Django to continue uh, using uh, human shields I mean I that that just proves how much of a dead eye he was which was pretty sick to see but in terms of and I'm again I guess I'm kind of cheating a little bit but in terms of the movie as a whole it's not even one of my favorite scenes in terms of the action scenes like i like the i like the way you die boy better than that one too like when he shoots the the um one of the field worker guys um but the actual scene itself the killing is impressive like with his revolver it shows how much of a dead eye he is i gave it a 9.4 i love this scene i love this movie i think it's the best tarantino movie and i really respect this scene in regards to the historical context and what they were working with, like the level of weapons, because it is much more difficult to go on a massive killing spree with weapons in the like mid 1800s than it is today with the type of guns and technology that we have. 
So I respect all of that. Um, I didn't mind the gore. I was kind of expecting it with Tarantino. You always I was expecting it. It's just blood. Yeah, I was fine with the body double or the bodyguards as well or body shields. Uh, I, I thought that was fine. You're in desperate measures when you're in a shootout, so you can do whatever. No, you I just want. thought it was gross. Like I personally thought it was gross. So like I didn't. Yeah, but yeah, I, I was fine with that just because of the situation. I mean, no, what else? No are you doubt. Do? Yeah, no I, doubt. Yeah, yeah. I gave it similar to Steve a 7-7. Seven, seven. The difficulty is definitely up there. Uh, body shields I thought were kind of dope. Kind of a dope idea. I don't know. I did, it just – it was very – I mean, granted, if you're basing it on the scene, the use of t- combining Tupac and James Brown was, was awesome. The, going the, the double guns at one point. It was overall a very solid killing spree. I think Steve makes a good point. He's also triggered by Christoph's Waltz, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a 7-7 seven, seven for just, there definitely was a level of difficulty with the old-timey weapons. Um, I think it, it gets downgraded a bit because the guys who we were killing were clearly incompetent. They were shooting their own guys, even though they were like a foot in front of them. So I'm going to go with a 7-7, seven, seven, though. Very solid scene. Probably, honestly, probably my second favorite scene from that movie um, behind them shooting the clan members early. there are there are a few scenes i like a little bit more than that in that movie so next up the dark knight joker's magic trick kill when he walks in on all the mob bosses during their meeting has the pencil says you want to see it disappear slams the guy's head on it boom that guy's dead I simple quick and simple death right there this is our first yeah. soul kill this is our first this is, yeah spruce. this is a a straight up like this is a straight up murder in front of other people. I, you know, in that in that movie, I like that as as the gag. But the kill I like a little before I get to my score. The kill I like a little more is when he has his little monologue uh, when he's holding Michael J. White with a knife in his mouth, like after the fact. I like that kill a lot better when he's basically monologuing the reason why he likes to cut people's faces in half because of his his past. But this scene. I think I gave it an 8.7 for the sheer fact that he just absolutely just destroyed one of the henchmen of somebody sitting down. Like, like essentially these guys are all working together. So essentially he just killed a guy in front of all of the bosses that don't answer to the Joker yet. Um, and just murdered him in cold blood and just with a pencil, he put a pencil through his skull, um, which just shows how, effed up and badass the joker was um i think it's impressive like let's put it in like relative terms like it's impressive that he wasn't just shot on the spot after doing that like he killed the guy no one didn't think about it and was like okay this guy's messed up in the head it's a great scene though it's fantastic i gave i gave it a 7.9 and, I mean, you're basing the kill, but it was a beautiful setup. That's what makes this. He's channeling that Joker, the psychotic, chaotic clown prince of crime. Presents it as a magic trick and just utterly destroys the dude, which is a simple flick of his wrist almost. Yeah. I think the setup followed by the clean kill and just the sheer simplicity of it, it makes that a perfect scene. Um, by I, my personal belief, it's the greatest acting performance of all time. I'll stand by that. So that just almost elevates it even more. But watching that scene just makes you wonder, like, that guy very, like, the Joker very easily could have been just been shot. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a slight plot, plot hole in a way. Like, just like, obviously, it's not because it's a movie. But if he shot, just none of the issues of the film happen. It's just a very simple bang, and he's dead. But 
I don't know. I, I did notice that rewatching it for the almost time, but great kill, great action movie um, scene. So are superheroes action movies? I don't even know, but we're going to count them. Seven, nine for me. Yeah, they are. They are. They're based on the idea of it. Yeah. They're based on the idea of, of constant action. I'm with it. Billy, what's your score? I give it a 7.1. I love the quick kill man, with a pencil, too. I mean, come on. That's lethal. Um, but, I mean, you guys said everything that I was going to say for the most part. It's just I, a very, very good move for that character to just tell the audience, all right, yeah, I'm nuts. Let's go. I added points for the fact that he made it out alive. And I don't think that's a plot hole. I just think that's they were just so blown away with how crazy this was. That they let him. That they were like, "What do we do?" And then obviously they shouldn't have shot him because he had the their grenades. And my assessment is that they were actual grenades, and he absolutely would have pulled them if he was under duress. Probably. He's yeah. A joker. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm I mean. Fascinating that that's only the first pencil scene we're going to discuss in this episode. Um, moving on, a favorite of Steve's, Air Force One, the famous "Get off my plane" scene. Get off my plane. It's beautiful. Want me to start with my score? Go for it. That's a, that's a 9.3, no doubt, just for the fact that the president of the United States kicked terrorist butt. Like, it's not like it was a security guard of the president of the United States. It's not like it was an FBI agent. No, the president of the United States got all those terrorists off his plane, and he ended by saying, get off my plane, and then threw them off. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my gosh, Harrison Ford, you do no wrong in my eyes. I gave it a seven five, and that's despicable. I mean, it's not. I gave it a seven five. I thought it, I thought it was a good scene. Um, shows why he was the president. He's a a genius thinker. There's a reason he's elected. I'm sure he's a smart guy. Great scene. Honestly, the best part of the scene though for me wasn't even the kill. It's it's Gary Oldman's body just floating off into the sky with the with the neck snapped. Um, it, this probably is arguably the most creative kill I'd say so far that we've discussed in terms of just using your resources around you to try and get out of the situation. Situation, excuse me. And uh, I'm gonna give it a give it a solid seven five. Just for and there was a shock factor with it too. We weren't really expecting that, but and a great one liner always always elevates it. Seven. Love a great one liner. That's the best. One liners definitely factor into. Yeah, that. they are. Oh, they're no doubt. If you didn't like Aiden's score, you're not going to like my score. That's okay. Because the line is fantastic. It's easily the best part in that scene for me. And the kill itself for me, if we're grading kills, it's not that great of a kill compared to everything else. I mean, he killed a guy with no weapon. The line makes the scene, though, Great scene, but compared to everything else, it's going to drive this score a little lower for me. 5.3. Despicable. He killed the president of the United States, killed a terrorist that was we're, causing we're havoc on his plane with no weapons. We're grading guy with no weapons. We are grading kills in some of the best action movies of all time. We're going to have to take some good kills that are good in itself and compare them against the best. It's an, it's an impressive kill for a politician. It is. No, I'm not saying it isn't, it, but you're comparing them to kills. That's where you get the points from. You're comparing them to kills by John Wick, by Rambo, by the Terminator. I, you can't really compete with that. Next up, another famous one-liner in a way. 
Russell Crowe's Gladiator, the Are You Not Entertained scene. Um, I'll just start with this one. I gave it an 8-1. Um, again, let's just focus on the kill. I think we already discussed how important the one-liners. It's a great line. But, I mean, he just comes in. He's fucking shit up. It's, it's absolutely absurd. The decapitation is crazy. Both swords. And the, these are huge guys he's fighting, and he's just murking them, truly. It, it was just – it was over from the minute he walked into the arena. The line just puts the cherry on top for me. But I, my main point is going back to truly that decapitation because that guy's huge, and he just gets him, dices him up, and then just brutally ends him and then looks up at the crowd, uh, just showing just the absolute – physical strength, swordsmanship, and just truly gore, I guess, that he was capable of. So I gave that an 8-1. I gave it an 8-3. And I, I, so I'm going to grade it based off of the fact that he gets so many points for the fact that he made it out alive. Like I, I'd like to take that into consideration when talking about the kill. And that he was beating up other people who would have been in his military. So, like, they were going, like, these are guys who like were kind of on the same level as him, meaning that he was just so much, he ended up being so much more of a crafty warrior than these guys that he dismantled them. No problem at all. And he put on a show basically, you know, he was, you know, unintentionally, he was the gladiator. Like he was taking out extra people in this case, um, hand, like handedly. It was easy. It was, it was simplistic for him. And yeah, so I like to think of it as he put on a spectacle for the crowd, killing out all these people easily. I think that the ease and the fact that he made it out alive is is where my score is generated from, and the line after literally putting on a show, which is what the, which is what the people went there for. So I find the irony, like they went there for a show, and boy did they get one. I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. I'm going to split the difference on your scores and go eight two. So we're all right there in the same boat. I really respect the kills in it, um, that aren't just with guns because you have to get creative. Um, or like in the historical context. Uh, it's much different. I think in some ways more impressive when you have a nasty kill like that uh, without guns, with other types of weapons. So that factor in for me, because um, I do think it's more difficult to do that and you need a ton of training do that to make the scene and to make it look as good as it did there in Gladiator. But you guys covered a lot of the points. Billy, we have a question. We have a question from the live audience from Steve O from uh, Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. He wants to know if you care so much about non-gun kills and, and using your resources, why did you grade Harrison Ford's Air Force One uh, kill so well? Talk about this. Because if you're comparing that to the other kills, like they're not, it still isn't as good. He's responded to you, Steve-O says, despicable. Despicable. <laughs> you can have your own opinion, but... No, gun kills are great, too. But the majority of kills in action movies are going to be... I, I think it's impressive that a politician with no weapons took out a full. I'm not saying it's not impressive. You're not listening terrorist. to me. I am, I am all ears, and I'm just not liking what I'm hearing. It's a great, <laughs> I think that's great really what it boils scene, down to. But compared to everything oh, else, of course, compared. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I know, Steve, it's if fine. the president was being played by anyone other than Harrison Ford, you would not have it in the nines. And you couldn't be more correct. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
You could not be more correct. Next up on our list from Mad Max Fury Road, when Furiosa rips off a Morton Joe's head in one of the penultimate scenes in the movie. Um, I'm getting so, fingers pointed at me. Like I had to, I had to watch the scene. I've never, like I never sat through an entire Mad Max movie, so I had to look it up on I had YouTube. I looked this one up too. I, I watched like, almost all of them. I, just I refresh myself. All. Like I, I've seen them, but I don't like resonate with them. I don't like them. Like, so this, I, was, this was included in Chaseranos action. Yeah, game. I was very disappointed. I I, really this scene kind of sucks, in my opinion. Like, because I really just don't like the Mad Max movies. I, so but, I've seen that movie, and I, I knew that she killed him, but I didn't really remember how. And I think that tells you all you need to know. I mean, she did rip his head off. You didn't really see it though. There was a lot going on. Um, I gave it a four eight because ripping his head off was kind of dope, but like you didn't really see much of it, and there was a lot going on. And I thought the scene was all over the place. I thought it was kind of jumpy, if that makes sense. I, I didn't like the scene at all. Like, and I kind of I heard that about Mad Max before. I haven't seen it. That was this was the first scene I've seen from the movie. I give it a three five, and it's the only scene on this list that I have lower than a five. I just didn't like it. Oh, I I didn't I wasn't that mean because I I didn't put anything lower than I gave it a five two. Um, I just don't like those movies, and I didn't think it was that impressive of a kill. I didn't think it was that good of a scene. And I just get thrown off by all the Mad Max movies, so I I just I don't really like them. If I'm going to be completely honest, so that's that's one of my lower scores. What was your grade? Five two. Five two. But I didn't I didn't go lower than a five because like obviously most of these are from good movies. I just opinionated. I'm pretty sure my computer just had a lovely glitch up. Billy, what was your score? I missed it. Three five. Oh yeah, so we were, we were all low on this. I I was disappointed because it it it's a relatively hyped up scene and i don't think it's all that to be completely honest so i don't really get the mad max the new one me either i don't get it i don't get it i've not seen it but i've heard from a lot of people that it's really good and from a lot of people that it's not so good and i thought that they were planning on making at least two more and then they haven't done that with my party yeah they're coming out like a spinoff one right yeah Uh, so one of my friends like from home who I watch movies with religiously stands this movie. And I just, I, I don't get it. Like, he's like, this is like, this is some of the best action like quality out there. And I'm just like, dude, I don't understand squat from this movie. Like, I don't know what is going on. Like it's stupid. It's the, it hurts my eyes. It's always so bright or so dark. Like I don't get it. Like it all, the whole movie throws me off. You know who's a big stand? A friend of the show, Pete Lorenz. He's a big, he's a big I remember that from a from a show a draft we did. I remember that. Yeah, so. I don't get it. It doesn't yeah. resonate with Steve. Moving on though to movies that specifically William does enjoy, Rambo. Two Rambo kills in here because Rambo is known for his amazing action. So starting with Rambo First Blood, the scene where um, he takes down a guy in a helicopter. And I want to be consistent with my scores this sucks. i'm not going to inflate this kill terrible because it's still own i gave it a five six you know why terrible because they didn't show the death like it was just him falling which is awesome with the way he threw the stone hit the helicopter and all that but again compared to the other deaths and ones that were grading i'm giving it a five six 
even though this scene is absolutely dope. And the I'm first proud that first you're blood is usually the best Rambo movie. And the kills just get more and more gruesome as you go through the franchise. Yeah. But this, I mean, just the man using utilizing all of his resources, like Harrison Ford's character did in mm. Air Force One, and I gave very, very similar scores. I gave Only point one off. I gave this a two. Point two, three off, sorry. This got a two seven for me. I just thought it was super lame. Hit the windshield. The guys all of a sudden just falling. I just thought it was the lowest score on mine. I never see, I'm not a big Rambo guy. I've never seen them, so this was my first time. And I was just like, that scene that got hyped up, he just chucked a rock at a helicopter. So lame, so bad. There's so many gruesome deaths throughout all the Rambo movies that they kind of blend together for the most part. So that's why I chose this one because it's split out in the way that someone was killed. I gave it a 5-8 because A, it was better than the Mad Max scene, and B, the precision. He threw a rock through a windshield, knocked the guy out, took down the helicopter. The precision was impressive, but the scene was kind of silly, but that movie's dope, and that the fact that he threw a rock and took down a helicopter was dope, and it's Sylvester Stallone, so you automatically get three points in my book. So you just kind of had to make up the difference. There. I don't think anybody. I, I have a very specific grading scale, and certain people get certain points just cause, and that is that is case in point, one of them. Slight tangent, I am feeling the buzz for his new movie Samaritan. I mean, his his pictures on Instagram are firing me up. I think that is going to be such an underrated movie that a lot of people won't hype up and then it's actually going to be really good the only thing that didn't hype me up was the scary sylvester stallone head i that freaked me out that was a little scary how but wasn't that like really it. impressive of course it was impressive that's why it was scary hence the hence the scariness it looked like that was his head on uh, someone's shoulder and i didn't really appreciate that yeah i appreciated the 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 skill it took in making it but i didn't appreciate seeing it like, I'm, I'm good on that Moving on to the next Rambo edition, Rambo Last Blood, the scene where he rips the guy's heart out. I'm just going to start by saying this movie got terrible reviews. My Rambo stan, William Bruno, didn't even give it a high grade. But this scene gets an 8-3 because it was absolutely epic. Pinning the guy to the wall with the arrows, slicing the chest open, ripping the heart out. That, that I believe that is the highest rated like solo, like just one-on-one kill in this entire thing. Gory, gruesome, disgusting, but epic. You gave that higher than what I gave it. I only gave it a seven too. And I believe that I said after watching this movie, like, all right, that, that kill was dope. Like the movie as a whole stunk as I thought it was going to be. Again, you're not going to watch a Rambo movie for the plot. You're going to watch watching it to see Sylvester Stallone kick some ass. This kill was a little too gory than it needed to be. Um, definitely could turn off some viewers. I mean, ripping in someone's chest and pulling out the heart. Like, that's a little over the top. But he, the Rambo character is a magician with the bow and arrow. Pinning them to the wall. And then you can just see the hatred 
uh, in his eyes and in his actions, finishing off the kill. Little too over the top, which Stallone has tended to be in his career. But again, Russell Stallone delivers what you know is going to come in one of his movies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, kind of go along Billy's line. I'm going to keep it consistent. You know, you're getting the three points because it's sly, but it was gory, and that makes me sick sometimes. And I understand the pinning. That was sick. That was, I love that. that. That fired me up. But the whole reaching the hand in, ripping it out, like it was kind of cool in Indiana Jones because, like, you know, it was mythological. Like he didn't really penetrate the skin. He kind of just, like, you know, he kind of it's like a hole, big like a hole. Like you know, there was a hole in his chest, and he kind of just pulled it out. This was a little different, uh, obviously. And I'm gonna go with the six-two because it was cool. Like it was cool, but like I'm good on the whole like ripping the heart out thing. Like if he honestly, if he had like I don't know, like maybe throat jabbed them after he pinned them, and like you know he maybe like essentially like choked on his own like a because that would have been cool. Like, just boom, right to the throat, throat punch. But, like, the whole – I get the blood thing. Uh, I'm a, kind of a wimp sometimes, but that, that was kind of gross. I, I, I've seen all the movies, but I had to look it up again, and I was like, yeah, I definitely closed my eyes during that scene. Moving on. Die Hard, the famous scene where Alan Rickman's character, Hans Gruber, gets essentially thrown out of the window as uh, he plunges to his death. Um, honestly, an iconic scene for not the kill. I gave this a where I lost my. I gave it a three six because the kill itself really wasn't anything special. He just kind of like ripped his fingers off and he fell down. Um, I'm really not even going to discuss the kill because it wasn't anything special. Yeah. But the the whole idea for me that it co- comes back is they were supposed to drop Alan Rickman down because it was a long fall to get it at three and they dropped him at two. So that was a genuine reaction of him not being ready to be dropped and so his like fear in his eyes they were saying were legitimate because he had to fear heights or something along those lines so that's an interesting part from the scene but yeah three six not really a cool kill at all i gave it a lot higher than that i went seven four on this one i love that whole scene uh with the build up to it which i definitely factored in um with the whole you know them laughing at the yippee motherfucker and then he's got the the gun tip to the back. Um, I think the whole buildup leads into the kill, um, especially with how undermanned he was even then in that scene. So I, the kill itself, I agree with you. Not as good as some of the other kills, but the scene, I definitely uh, factored into this one, maybe a little bit more than some of the others. Yeah, I think that's just a philosophy because as I said, as I said, sorry, you guys seem to like factoring the scenes, which is completely fair. And I just kind of more focus on simply the kill itself. But Steve, what's your grade for this? I mean, happy trails, Hans. Like that, that was one-liner. sick. Yeah, it's another great one-liner. Um, I, I can't, I can't veer away from how I've been grading, but I, I gave it a six-five because the fact that, and I'm taking other scenes kind of into consideration, but how they got to that point was impressive to get to the point where he was able to kill him like that. So the kill itself wasn't impressive as impressive as him getting a position to make the kill um, and the line. I mean, y- you know, and, and I didn't, I did know that it was, that was Rickman's genuine emotion. So I do remember seeing that, 
um, which is like, that's terrifying. I mean, you're getting, it wasn't from a building. It was just, about, it was about 10 feet. He was dropped, but still he did have a fear of heights and that probably petrifying and just seeing the genuine horror on his face as he knew the only place he was going was down. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it has to do with more of the, the, the scene itself than the kill itself, but it definitely was a good kill. Good win for the good guys. Next up, we got John Wick. The first one, which become known as the club scene, where he essentially is attacked by various members of the Russian mob, and he just rolls through them in this club at, besides a pool and all throughout. What are your guys' grades for John Wick's uh, famous club scene? I have only seen the first one, so the second one I did have to look up. But the first one, I mean – this is this is the guy who kills like this is the guy who co- who commits the the high amount of kills and does it normally pretty swiftly. I gave it a seven nine just because it's one of the initial instances where John Wick kills a bunch of people at the same time, like in the the amount of killing the su- amount of successful kills again it's very impressive by the 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 hero in this case, um, like. It, it it's it's safe to say like I know John Wick's uh, what's it called John Wick's like skill levels higher than the the henchmen essentially or like the bad guys in this case but like it's impressive how many he takes out with essentially the same resources like these guys are on a, as close to I would say like 50, 55 45 level playing field like John Wick's just like a better version of them so I give it a, I give it that because of that. I connect this to the um, Kingsman scene because it just seems very similar to me than just John Wick just mowing down all the bad guys. Uh, I give it a 9-3. I think the Kingsman scene is slightly better, but the impressiveness of the skill level and the amount of kills to me is only rivaled with Kingsman for the scenes that we have on our list. Um, but overall execution just slightly better for the Kingsman scene. So I will give a 9-3 to John Wick. Very, very impressive and starting off a very good franchise. It's interesting. So I'm going to be a lot lower than you guys. I gave it a 6-1. And I don't really know why just oh, watching it. I just, a D? No, no, no. You can't view it as a... As a well, I, I turn the tables. Yeah. It's not. It's not like that. It's just different. I think it's, re- it's the next scene we're going to discuss, I just thought was so much better and more impressive. I thought, I think Billy mentioned it in a weird way to me. The scene was just him kind of just shooting people and it, the amount was impressive, but there wasn't any absurd kills. There wasn't any, um, you know, like crazy moves, I guess is the word to say, to set them up. So I just thought it was just kind of a, a, a shooting spree and essentially what it was within that club. And he was mowing them down, but I, I wasn't, on second watch, because I'd seen the movie once before, I wasn't as impressed as I expected to be, and it was almost just a little bit, got a little old after time. So I gave it a 6-1, but might as well just transition right into John Wick 2, the famous pencil scene. Um, I think it was talked throughout the first movie about how he killed um, three men with just one pencil, and it's shown in the second film. And he takes out two guys with just simply a pencil. I gave that an 8-6. Um, it was brilliant. It was just like even higher than the Joker's. It's just the utilization of the resource. A simple pencil and the amount of damage he did um, and the court 
the choreography and all these scenes are, are impressive throughout the John Wick. But yeah, I gave the pencil scene an 86. I think it absolutely lives up to the hype that it received. Um, and it's, it's truly an impressive feat um, within that cinematic universe. I gave it a 7.5. I thought the kill itself was extremely impressive. But this is one of the points where I'm like, how is John Wick either not dead or critically injured already in his movie? Like, there is no way this guy should be able to endure the amount of beatings that he gets. And he gets shot in the scene like numerous times right before the killing scene with the pencil so i have a little bit of an issue with the john wick films because i it's just not plausible for him to do those type of killings and have that like he's almost like he's superhuman like but this guy's immortal um he's just he takes a like a, a beating every time he encounters someone and he's still able to uh, act as if he's not injured at all. So I, that's where I ha just have a little bit of a problem with this scene. Because, I mean, the pencil kill is great, but at some point, like, this guy would die. Oh, I, I took it the complete opposite way. I gave it an 8-4 because he was shot. And I was like, all right, like, I'm, I'm – but, like, one of the things is and I, I watched – I didn't watch like the the movie the movie clips version where it just shows you. I watched one of them that had commentary because I've never seen John Wick two. Like I didn't really I didn't really know any background, and they were saying that the movie was filmed like when the movie was like when you're watching the movie, that whole scene takes place over the course of your seven minutes. Like that's a seven minute scene that you get like after he shot there's seven minutes so in theory like if you're watching that in your time he's got he's not gonna die from the gunshot just yet like if it was like a 20 minute like if it was essentially the the actual time that it took in the movie which is probably like longer than seven minutes um i, I think it's impressive that he stayed alive and did it with a pencil so like i'm i took it the complete opposite way i, I said eight four um but he was shot kind of just like it's almost like he was disarmed and then went to kill other again and i'm saying like the the thing with john wick is like he's all like they're not he's not a powered individual like they're on the same playing field but they had guns and he had a pencil so like points 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 right there for me Fair enough. so this quickly became a part one of two as we realized i mean no doubt that we were we were in forty five minutes uh, of ten topics. Yeah. It just, but that, that's what we do here. We we part, don't we don't we don't shortchange people. Yeah, we don't shortchange you. We we give you exactly what we want to say and don't leave anything out because we'll give it to you later. You're gonna get it. Who knows if it's next week? You know you're gonna. We have Mandalorian. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be a show yeah. on its own. Are, are we so that the Mandalorian's runtime? Fifty two minutes. Fire longer. me up. That and fires me up. I love it. Love it. From a content-deprived nerd, that fires me up. Although I will say for the first episode, I don't know if we're going to get that much. We're getting I, nothing. I just I'm, wanted I'm to preface that. that. Back, but yeah, and that's a good thing. Season, even this we whole season seems like they're laying the groundwork for an insane season three and season four. Like You'll have your little bits of uh, fantastic moments. 
where yeah. like, something huge happens. But you're just going to get a, a lot of teases. This season is the beginning of the, of the season. See, if anybody and I'm uh, anybody expects anything from the first episode, you're out of your mind because that they will not give us anything other than the Mando is back and we're fired up. That's what, that's what we need. We just need this is like the insertion. Like this, this is the this is the tip of the iceberg, and then slowly, slowly the rest will be uncovered. I'm excited, and that's why you know that's why we don't. I don't know if this the rest of this list is going to be brought to you next week. You never know, but. The rest, I mean, there's, if I can count, right, that's 12, or that's 11. There's 11 left, and, and there's a couple on there that I have more uh, more more opinion on the subject matter because I've seen the movies m- on multiple, multiple occasions. These ones were good scenes, don't get me wrong, but we're by no means done. We're merely halfway done, merely. Any closing thoughts from you? before I wrap it up. Nope, so I'm that good. will do it. Take it away. Yeah, so that- let me do a little plug okay. real quick, if you guys don't mind. First episode of The Tuesday Rose is debuting tomorrow. Is this episode coming out tonight? Yeah, this episode will Ours? come out Ours will come out tonight. All right. So Tuesday Rose coming out tomorrow, breaking down the drama, all things Bachelor, Myself and Joey Gossi's on the Long Balls podcast. So if you listen to that, uh, tune into Tuesday Rose. You know, you guys will like it. It's a lot of drama. That was a, it down. that was a very legal plug since we're all under the same umbrella. That was not a plug. That was a very called for um, plug in that case. But until next week, we will have. I mean, we're breaking down the Mandalorian. I'm telling you right now, we're breaking down the Mandalorian. So until next week, for Aiden Lacory and Billy Bruno and the 610 Podcast Network. This has been your host, Stephen O'Malley. We will see you guys next week.